0: This episode of Contracting Conversations is brought to you by BSCAI Smart Brief, a free weekly newsletter delivering curated industry news and information to your inbox each Thursday. Subscribe at bscaiorg smartbrief. Welcome to Contracting Conversations, a podcast series from BSCAI. Through a series of interviews with entrepreneurs, business owners, and executives, this podcast aims to provide insights, trends, and tactics to support the growth and development of business owners serving the contract cleaning and facility maintenance industry.
1: Welcome to Contracting Conversations, the official podcast of BSCAI. I'm your host, Kate Jacobson. Joining me today is William Velez. He is the Chief Information Officer at Harvard Maintenance, one of the largest and fastest growing privately owned providers of managed services in the U.S. Today we're going to talk about information security and how it can affect BSEs.
0: Support for Contracting Conversations comes from our premier partners, 3M, Diversi, and Karcher. Learn more about our partners and their category-leading solutions for contractors at bscai.org partners.
1: How are you today? I'm doing good, thank That's you for good. Thank you so much for joining me. us. <laughs> thank you. Um, so you are the Chief Information Officer what does that title exactly mean? what do you what do you do at Harvard?
2: It's uh, you know most people see CIO and they're not really sure what information means in, in the chief information officer title but it's really in charge of all the technology strategy and operations in, in that order so you have to as a CIO understand what is the strategy for the business what are the imperatives what are the important things that the the business wants to implement and then you leverage technology to basically implement that strategy so in the technology area, anything that has to do with operations, anything that has to do with networks, um, security, obviously, it's a, it's an intersection that I cover, as well as software development. Um, so it's a little bit of everything related to technology. That's
1: really interesting. Um, obviously, information security is something that we are thinking about all the time. Um, this is probably not gonna come, this is probably a little dated news when this comes out, but you know, the Disney Plus thing just happened with the hacks, and we've seen so many businesses have these security um, issues it probably isn't top of mind for many uh, BSCs, but how, why are these things important for business service contractors to think about when they're building their business? I
2: think it's one of those things where when you're watching the news and you see that other company that had the hack or that other company that had the security situation, the first thing that comes to mind is, ah, that's not going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. Either I'm too small, or I don't have that much technology, or it's just simply uh, the the first thought is it's not gonna happen to me. And the fact of the matter is it happens to more companies than we know. It's Mm -hmm. just companies that publicly say, oh, I just got hacked yesterday. (laughs) I just wanted you guys to know. So um, a lot of companies are going through this. It's just that they're keeping it very private. Mm -hmm. And uh, in essence, as a business owner, you have to think about the investments that you have to do to make sure that your business is protected and uh, I think it's at this point in the world, it, it's, it's you have to take it very seriously right. because um, you know young kids in Eastern Europe are able to do many things in a couple of minutes without knowing a lot of uh, technology just because of what's available on the internet. And uh, I think that that's the part where the um, business owners need to really take this seriously.
1: Right, and you know, for a lot of BSCs, I know Harvard's a huge company. They probably have a lot of accounts. They've got a lot of different information. Um, that's like priceless information for companies, and, and that kind of a trust issue when it comes to your customers, making sure you have that type of security. Um, why do you think companies like yours value that sense of security and having those things in place to make sure that the information isn't going to go anywhere?
2: Well, besides uh, trust, Issue with your customers, right? You want to make sure that your customers understand the controls that you have in place to protect their information. It's also um, how that information can be leveraged either against you or against your customers. So, um, so I think those are the two main factors in terms of why it's important for us to protect that information. And uh, obviously, we have a lot of controls in place to, to make that happen. When you think about an individual business owner, um, uh, an individual um, BSC, they would have to understand if someone were to attack them, what could be at risk, and that might be as simple as not being able to operate. Right. So one thing is the, the 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 trust issue and keeping the data secure, but the other thing is what might happen to your systems that you know might might affect your delivery of of service.
1: That's something that you know I really didn't dawn on me until you just said it. I mean if you have a problem, you have to lock down everything, and then when you lock down everything, what does that mean for your operations? Correct. Um, what are some of the common mistakes that you see in this industry that people are making that maybe are a simple fix, that they can just start right away to be more secure?
2: I think um, I mentioned before we started that you know sometimes perfect is at the enemy of good. I think uh, sometimes companies, um, don't start a program for information security at all just because they say, oh, it's too complex or it's too expensive. I don't know where to start. And I think there's there's a couple of very simple things, some of them uh, either for free or very uh, very low cost. One of them, I would say, is, is training mm-hmm. and the human component. When you think about information security, you have all these network devices and all these things that are very sophisticated. They're very difficult to hack, right? But the human component is very easy to hack. Mm-hmm. People are by, you know, naturally are trusting and they get a, a, a trick email and they provide their username and password and that's how the hackers begin a program to start getting into your systems. Even a simple uh, business or simpler um, operation, you're going to have a database of customers, you're going to have a, an accounting system. And all those are, are basically systems that are vulnerable to these hackers that can come in and basically try to do something. In some cases, they'll, they'll do an extortion attack. They'll take your systems hostage and they say, give me some money and I'll give it back to you. In some other cases, they'll destroy your systems just for the fun of it.
1: <laughs>
2: they won't even ask for ransom.
1: That's terrible.
2: That is terrible. <laughs> and when all of a sudden you come in the next day and your accounting system is not there, or your you know, l- list of clients, or you can't pay your people, it's, it's a very real situation. Right. So, um, so that's where, where uh, again, it's important for any type of business, uh, small and large, to start taking. So to your point, in terms of uh, some of the mistakes, I would say is not starting with some of the basics. And I would say the, the basic, basic of it is training. And it's just something that's either free or very low cost. Train all your employees on how to identify emails that are uh, fraudulent, mm-hmm. that are trying to exploit that social engineering aspect of, of human nature. And at least start there, right? Um, There are some other uh, low cost things that you can do in your enterprise, like uh, having an incident response plan or uh, making sure that you understand from a risk assessment perspective what are the most important areas of your business. Well, you know, I can't operate without my accounting system. Okay, so what are the things that you're doing right now to protect that accounting system? Mm -hmm. And at least you identify and prioritize what you need to do. These are things that you can do fairly quickly without a lot of cost. Now, obviously, if you want to implement a more robust, comprehensive information security program, at some point you might have to have some investments, either right. in technology or external consultants, to help you implement.
1: And you know, it, like you said, there's like a lot of simple solutions you can make. Do you think a big impediment to business owners, especially business owners who come from like family operations, like most BSCs are some sort of family business? Do you think the reason why they're not implementing these things is just because it seems overwhelming? It seems scary that they have to do that, or like kind of going back to what you said before, is they're just thinking it's it's not going to happen to me.
2: I think it's a combination. It's not going to happen to me, and it's too expensive. Mm, okay. So clearly, it, it it's like a car tire. It's not if, but when. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so it, it, you have to understand that at some point, something will happen to you. And uh, the too expensive. That's the part where you can start kind of a big, bang, bigger bang for the buck. You can start with some of these smaller initiatives that are low cost, and they do bring a lot of value in terms of protecting you significantly, significantly from not doing anything. Right. right. So I, I would say those are the two.
1: Now, do you find that there are more like customers coming in and asking these questions? Are Are they aware of? I guess are they aware, but are they concerned about these safety measures?
2: Yes. The answer is yes. There's um, From a legal perspective and contracts, more and more you're seeing um, the legal departments asking about what are the controls that we as a BSC have in place to safeguard data, to safeguard any type of integration, etc. cetera. Um, and and it's, it's usually coming from legal. Uh, And sometimes it applies, sometimes it doesn't apply depending on the service that you're providing. But that's basically the industry kind of getting uh, or customers getting um, used to the fact that these hackings are happening more and more often. Right. And when you see companies like Target or or Home Depot that spend millions of dollars in security and they still get hacked, these clients are realizing, again, it's not a matter of if but But when. But when. So what are the controls that you have in place so that when it happens to you, you mitigate that risk, or you reduce it, or you identify it as quickly as possible, so you reduce the the impact of that of that event.
1: That's important because you could lose out on. I mean, you could lose out on contracts if Correct. you don't have those things. Correct. That's business you lose.
2: Correct. And then the, the sooner you start demonstrating that you've implemented these controls, the, the the sooner you do that, the better you will be in a situation where a client might ask for those things.
1: Interesting. Kind of switching gears a little bit. I know that. Um, before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about the Internet of Things and how that's affecting uh, BSCs um, as we're moving to more technologically advanced industry. I know it's still very much human-based, human-driven. What are some of the things that you see with the Internet of Things? How it's going to affect how we do our jobs as BSCs? From an information
2: security perspective, yeah, um, it all depends on. The maturity of the IoT, that's Internet of Things, uh, the maturity of the IoT system that you use. So, uh, some of the larger vendors have um, invested more in research and development and, and they have closed systems that are fairly secure. But when you go with uh, maybe the smaller players or more generic players, um, there might be some security gaps. And usually if you would let them integrate with your network, for example, the simplest thing would be, hey, we're going to implement this IoT system, but we need to connect to your Wi-Fi. That's a potential angle that a hacker might say, hmm, that IoT company, they're very, very um, simple and they're easy to hack. And if I hack them and they're connected to your Wi-Fi, I have an entry point to your network, and then I can try to do harm to you. So uh, there the recommendation would be to understand, um, you know, obviously if you, if you work with a reputable IoT company, it, that the, the, the risk of that happening uh, is lower, but if you're, you're more of an entrepreneur and willing to try some, some newer technology or a smaller company, maybe a startup company, you have to really ask those hard questions, right? And at some point if you're not comfortable, but you still want to pursue it, make sure that they have a completely separate network
1: that doesn't have to do anything with your own network. Right, that's two. Um, th- there's been a lot of talk about integrating these new things, and I know that it's been stressful. I don't, I don't wanna say stressful, it's too, it's too aggressive of a word. But you know, BSCs P- are concerned because not only is it new technology, it's changing, it can be hard to adapt. Um, but there are a lot of hidden things like this issue. I'm sure people have never thought about, okay, oh, hey, well, where's my network at? Um, What would you say would be your piece of advice if I am that person looking at maybe a startup company with an IOT device? Should I ask, like, what are some basic questions I should be asking?
2: So it gets very technical very quickly. Yeah. And for a business owner who's trying to evaluate the value that they can bring to a client by bringing this technology to the client site, it's probably going to be very difficult for them to properly gauge Mm. the technology risk. My recommendation at that point is if you're part of your local chamber of commerce, there's local entrepreneurs that are called what uh, white hat hackers. Right? Mm-hmm. These are individuals that not necessarily were bad hackers, but they know <laughs> the technology and they know how to find out your weak points. So um, some of them are part of your local chamber of commerce. Obviously, I always ask for references from, from fellow people in, in that chamber of commerce so that they've worked with them before and you know that you can trust them. But maybe you can bring one of those um, uh, companies or, or individuals with you to evaluate the technology and they'll ask the right technical questions right. to make sure that, um, that the technology is solid. I would say at the end of the day, kind of a foolproof uh, situation is don't connect them to your network. Have them connect via a cell network or as long as they don't have to connect to your network, then you know that at least in a certain way, um, you're you're not necessarily protected, but you are significantly reduced your right. exposure. You're
1: mitigating it. Um, I also, I went to Michigan State University, and they had a big, um, they have a computer engineering program there. And I remember um, back when I was still in school, like 10, like 10 15 years ago, uh, that they had a program where... Uh, Small businesses could come and kind of go to the hub and talk to college students that were studying these types of things. Uh, Would you recommend something like that or would you recommend going to professionals? Uh, That's
2: a very good idea. Um, Most local universities um, in every state are realizing that they need to develop information security professionals and they're actually being very aggressive Mm -hmm. about it. So not only with the students, but also with the professors. First, right, the professors will identify the students that are better in their class and they can definitely provide very good advice. I mean, I would definitely do. Ne- I would never underestimate these students. Yeah, they're very advanced, and some of the the courses they're going through, uh, they're really preparing them uh, to become security professionals. So that actually, I think that's a great idea. Actually,
1: yeah, um, I thought I thought it was really. I was like, man, I wish I was. My brother's a computer engineer, so I was always like talking to him about it. Um, I think that. Um, It's really fascinating. It's fascinating on my perspective that how rapidly this has started to become an issue with BSCs, not just information security, but um, technology integration in general. Where do you think in the next five years that you see these kind of companies going, and and what types of issues are going to be affecting them?
2: I think that. As the different technologies that are normal business uses, right? You think about a BSc, they're gonna need an accounting system, they're gonna need, you know, at some point, as you specialize more and more in your, in your specific um, niche, you're gonna start bringing some of these technologies, mobile applications, et cetera. I think one of the main issues is integration. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find more and more of these um, different, disparate systems. All of a sudden, you have the need to integrate them. To get that information maybe into dashboards or reporting and things like that, and that could be an issue in terms of information security because you have to make sure that those integrations are done in a way that again you have to mitigate the risk. I think that's what I see in the next five years, Um, and and the good news is that a lot of companies are, um, uh, you know, especially the newer companies, are starting off from an integration mindset. So from the beginning, they're going to have all the integration capabilities that make it safe to integrate. Right. But if you're working with some of the older technologies where they didn't really have these integration capabilities, that's where some of the risks might come in terms of integration security.
1: Right. And, you know, in your opinion, is it better for BSCs to get in it now, to just jump in and, and try to figure it out? Because I feel like if, if they wait... Five years, they're going to fall behind when it comes to things like integration of apps, integration of um, like front off, like streamlining front office processes, things like that.
2: Yeah, the the idea would be if they can find a vendor that has most of what they need in a single platform. Um, most of these platforms are cloud based, then that's probably the ideal scenario mm-hmm. because you get kind of a one package, one size fits all. Um, but if you're right now going to Individual different companies for different solutions. That's that's where you might find yourself with some some of these uh, potential risks. But it's difficult to say at a high level, just because it depends on your industry, it depends on your market. But in general, that would be the advice if you can find uh, a solution like that. You know, and there's several of those solutions. I mean, the, one of the names that comes to mind is Salesforce. Yeah. Obviously, it's probably too expensive for some of the smaller companies, but it's a, it's an example of a platform where you have everything you're gonna have invoicing, you're gonna have sales, you're gonna have uh, customer relationship management under a single platform, so you don't go through some of those uh, integration issues. That's really interesting.
1: Um, That's all the questions I have for you. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Anything else you think BSG should know about integrating these types of systems in their own businesses?
2: Um, In general, uh, I would kind of uh, emphasize again and again that, It's not a matter of if, if, but when. So I would seriously encourage everyone listening to this podcast to, once you hit stop and end the podcast, think about what are the two or three things that you're gonna do to start some sort of information security program. And my recommendation, the first step would be training. The second one would be um, a tabletop exercise where you just sit down with your uh, main leaders in the company and say, okay, uh, come up with a scenario. New York office is down because there's a flu pandemic and no one can go to the office. What do we oh, do? That's int- right? that's
1: really interesting.
2: And everyone's going to be looking at each other and, and you'll have to decipher a playbook or a task list of the things you need to do to respond to that, right? Yeah. So one of them could be, hey, a hacker just came in and destroyed our accounting system. We have no more accounting system. What do we do? So that's where people will start saying, wow, we do have an issue here. We mm-hmm. don't have a backup. OK, so let's think about disaster recovery. Well, maybe every night we should back up that system and send it somewhere else so that if this one gets destroyed, we can restore it somewhere else and, and we'll be down a couple of hours, but we won't lose our. We won't entire. be down forever. <laughs> forever. A couple hours versus forever. So, and, and that comes from a very simple tabletop exercise. That will be the second recommendation. And the final one, again, go to your local chamber of commerce, look for local uh, small entrepreneurs, white hat hackers that can help you. Um, do an initial testing of your environment and they'll come back with an assessment and say, hey, these are the areas that I found that you're vulnerable, these are the recommendations on how to fix it. And at least you start with something. You
1: start right. With something. I, it reminds me of like a model UN, uh, like a Scenario. I, I think that's genius, though, because like, you, you, I think you don't realize the problems until you're walking through the problem. Correct, correct. And at least you're doing that in a safe space, and not actually when your hacker's gotten all your information. And
2: also, uh, it's not for performance or anything like that. It's not to point fingers, oh, you're not ready. It's to identify the areas or, or there are gaps. And supposedly you're supposed to do that every year. I recommend at least quarterly and every quarter to come in with a different scenario. Uh, you know, big rock fell from the, stro- the sky and destroyed Miami. You know, what do we do? <laughs> so that's a really bad example. But uh, but basically, coming up with different scenarios because when you think about business disruption, it could be many different things. Yeah.
1: Um, well, that was this has really been great, um, very interesting and very topical, especially with the news this current week about <laughs> Disney, Plus. Disney Plus, which <laughs> is wild. Um, is there is there a place people can find you on LinkedIn or are, are you active on social at all?
2: I am, I have my profile on LinkedIn, Twitter. So um, if you go to the Harvard site, you will see my face there and you can find me.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much and we really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much for
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Contracting Conversations from BSCAI. If you liked what you heard and you want to find out more or to listen to previous episodes, head over to bscai.org slash podcast. There you can also subscribe to our newsletter so you never miss industry news, updates, and great tips. Subscribe to Contracting Conversations on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and learn more about our community on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube.